hard to describe the devastation. The air is still heavy with smoke. If my voice sounds a little off, that's because of the smoke here. It's making my eyes burn, my throat itch. Now let me tell you what I'm looking at. Several rooftops are burnt through, windows shattered, black, charred lawns down this entire street. Two of these houses are just rubble. There are almost no house left standing at all. It's news nobody really wanted. As drought conditions persist throughout the state, we've seen a massive spike in wildfires in North Texas. A fire in Balt Springs just last week caused more than $6 million in damage and left nine families without a place to live. About an hour west in Tarrant County, the hot embers from a kitchen fire traveled to nearby homes and destroyed three of them. Tarrant County Fire Marshal says crews from Rendon, Fort Worth, Everman, and Crowley all responded out here to get the fire under control, but it still was able to spread quickly because it's been so dry. Uh, just damaged nine buildings, destroyed three homes. I just talked to a neighbor who says everyone in this neighborhood has lived here for years and with smoke still rising from the wreckage even this morning, he said it's tough to see it out here, but he's just glad nobody was hurt. The fire department spent the night here. They were mopping up, watching for any hot spots, but they've cleared out now and uh, the cleanup can start. Wildfires are a prevalent and recurring issue on the West Coast, but now we're seeing more and more of them here. I'm Bailey Friday, and North Texas wants to know, what's the real regional threat of wildfires? So uh, nine out of 10 wildfires are caused by people uh, debris burning continues to be a top cause of wildfires. 90% of all wildfires and grass fires, not just here, but anywhere, are caused by human negligence. And that's a fact. So it's clear that humans play a really big role, one of the biggest roles, really, in wildfires. But how's the weather affect them? It's very rare to, to get the type of heat we're seeing and combined with the lack of precipitation. So far this year, we're almost 10 inches below average on precipitation at DFW Airport. The drought situation continues to worsen across the state as well. That is Dan Brunoff. He's the chief meteorologist at KRLD. When soil moisture is low, like it is now, the relative humidity during the afternoon hours when we get peak heating is low and dry, dry air heats up faster than humid air. And a drought kind of feeds this upper level high pressure system that's overhead. We typically get these periodically through the summer and that air sinks and compresses underneath these upper level ridge. So that's a heating effect. And having no soil moisture and low humidity, the air heats up a lot faster as well. So we're kind of getting a double punch here. At the end of last year in 2021, we were a couple inches above average for the entire year. We had almost, goodness, 34 inches of rain. Well, this year, here we are getting to the end of July into our early August. We've only measured a little less than 12 and a half inches of rain at DFW Airport. And typically, we should, be, we should have about 22 to 23 inches of rain in the bucket. So it started at the beginning of the year. And our drought situation across a good chunk of the state is, is terrible. Okay, so how many wildfires have we actually had in the state this year? And what do we see normally? So since January 1st, Texas A&M Forest Service and local fire departments have responded to 6,919 wildfires that have burned 
598,224 acres across the state. Texas A&M Forest Service as an agency itself has responded to 1,390 of these wildfires, accounting for 520,840 acres. So on average, Texas A&M Forest Service responds to 1,194 wildland incidents a year involving 462,466 acres. So that is what we see on a normal year. That is Heather Gonzalez. She's a program specialist with the Texas A&M Forest Service. And if you've been following these wildfires at all, you've definitely heard of the Texas A&M Forest Service. Fire behavior is affected by many factors, temperature, humidity, moisture levels of the vegetation, the type of vegetation, and wind speeds are some of those factors. So whenever we see, you know, short grasses, really any anything of the, the grass fuel model, we call those flashy fuels. And so those will burn very, very quickly and can potentially spread very fast especially if it's helped out by winds. But high temperatures, low humidity values, low moisture levels, and high wind speeds can produce a fire environment that has a high potential for wildfire spread. And we've been seeing a lot of that type of fire environment lately. The dry conditions aren't just uncomfortable. They add to that fire environment. DFW didn't see any measurable precipitation for 55 days from June 4th through July 28th. Okay, keep in mind, that's not really close to the record of 84 straight. That was set back in 2000, but it's still the fifth longest stretch since records have been kept. So the drought monitor runs from D0 to D4. Zero being really no drought at all, and D4 being the worst type of drought. Well, the state of Texas, 60% of the state is in a D3, which is an extreme drought, and a D4, which is an exceptional drought, the two highest levels. 60% of the state, this time last year, zero. Nobody was in this type of drought. And only about 9% of the entire state was in any form of drought this time last year. Now, 99.7%, just about the entire state, is in some form of drought. But again, 60% of the state is in the two highest levels. So that kind of gives you a comparison. And it's not just historically dry. It's also historically hot. Double whammy. 1980 and 2011 were the two hottest summers ever recorded here across the Lone Star State and here in Dallas and Fort Worth as well. Um, 1980, we were in a drought. And we had a prolonged period of heat. We had, as I believe, 69 triple-digit days that year. 2011, we had 72 triple-digit days through the uh, whole summer. And so far this year, leading into August, we're working on three dozen, 36 days here, getting close here as we work our way towards August. So, and we still have the month of August to go, which is the hottest month on average across 
North Texas and pretty much the entire state. Especially with this year, about 99% of the state is currently experiencing some level of drought conditions, and that leaves the vegetation more susceptible to wildfire emissions. We've also been seeing more instances of critical fire weather across the state with a combination of high temperatures, low humidity values, increased wind speeds, and low fuel moistures. Now, it's pretty common to see grass fires in more rural areas, but over the past two weeks, they've been popping up in North Texas neighborhoods, you know, places you'd typically feel a bit safer. I actually was in Bald Springs, and I walked through the ruins after that grass fire I mentioned earlier in this episode, the one that spread into a neighborhood from behind and destroyed nine houses. Yeah. I say ruins because that is truly what they were. I saw homes virtually destroyed. Nothing left but smoldering bricks, charred grass. Others were standing, but the insides were absolutely gutted. There's no way these families could have returned and lived when there. When I open the door, you just see flames coming you know, from across the street, from behind the houses. And so at that point... We started trying to get people out, started watering, you know, the yards, the trees, the house, just to make sure that your house is going to be okay. And you couldn't get in the neighborhood. It was just thick clouds of black smoke everywhere. Once we finally did come, you know, people were devastated about their homes being destroyed. And it's just really sad and disheartening that, you know, people have to rebuild everything. So earlier this week, we saw a fire burn several homes, and it was a, it was a shocking thing in Bald Springs. You know, it popped up, it went across the field, and it got nine homes in a neighborhood. So could we see more wildfires in suburban areas like that as opposed to rural areas? Yeah, we call these areas the Wildland Urban Interface, the WUI is our, our shortened version of it, and that's where we have developed areas that are near wildland areas. And we're seeing communities spreading into these wildland areas, and so we're having more wooey communities pop up that can potentially be threatened by wildfires. So it is something that is, is just part of you know human populations expanding, and we are trying to reach out to more people and just spread awareness of the wildfire hazard and the wildfire potential in their area. So any residents that live in a Wui area should create a defensible space around their home. You know, that first five feet is what we call the immediate zone, and that's the most important where vegetation and flammable material should be removed or kept to a minimum. The intermediate zone is the next five to 30 feet and, you know, keeping trees prunes, pruned six to 10 feet, spreading out vegetation. What we want to see is a, a breakup in fuel continuity is what we call it. So if you have, you know, a whole bunch of grass and, you know, the fire can just spread through that. Sometimes we don't think or we're, we're not educated on what a, what a huge one of those big lawn mowers can do that you pull behind a trailer. You're hired by the city to mow the highways. You're hired by a contractor to mow his land that just so happens to butt up against the subdivision. And that's what sparked that fire southeast of Dallas and Bald Springs. These guys were contracted out to mow several acres of land. And unfortunately, their mower hit a rock, most likely, hit a spark. And when he got 25 mile an hour wind 
and they were kind of out in an open area with no buildings around. So there's uh, plenty of room for that wind to blow. And it just so happens that where they were mowing, oh goodness, maybe 200 yards to the north was a subdivision. And that fire started. So we know the risks and what could happen after a wildfire starts, but what are some of the ways that we can prevent them in the first place? Proper function and maintenance of the irrigation systems is critical to preventing fires in this type of environment where we have weeks and weeks without rain and, and incredible heat. On top of maintaining the irrigation systems, there's also operating the irrigation systems properly. So many communities right now are under water restrictions of different levels. So knowing how to properly irrigate your system throughout the year best prepares your landscape and lawn for when we have a drought period. KRLD's Alan Skaya spoke to Ian McLean. He's president and owner of Highland Landscaping in Southlake. Often people operate their systems frequently, but don't achieve a deep watering, a simulated deep soaking rain. And you want to simulate a deep soaking rain when you operate your irrigation system because it causes your plants and your lawn to grow deeper roots. The benefit of the plants and the lawn growing deeper roots is that when we do get to a drought period, they can combat evapotranspiration much better when they have a deep root system because they can utilize more of the water that the plants and the lawn receives with a rain or a cycle of the irrigation system. When you water frequently but don't do a deep soak, then what happens is your plants and your lawn grow shallow roots because they're getting all the water that they depend on in the top inch or two of soil. So to encourage your your lawn and landscape to grow deep roots will pay great dividends when we get to drought periods like this one and help prevent fires. It's so many, so many little things right now. Any type of, of motorized equipment can potentially overheat and cause a fire. And of course, welding, you know, you see that throwing sparks all the time. Mowing the lawn, you know, if you strike a rock or metal object, that can create a spark. And also, we, we do recognize that, you know, sometimes this, a person may do follow absolutely all the guidelines and take all the precautions that they can, but still be at risk from a wildfire that has started near their home. So we encourage people to be vigilant and situationally aware and report any wildfire. If they see a wildfire, make sure that they report it to local authorities immediately. If we get a faster response, it allows us to start suppression early before it gets larger and more complex. So before and after walk around it, critical to successful maintenance visit and for many reasons, but in the context of, of a fire, that's the role it can play, as well as making sure the company is maintaining their equipment well. Events like this are certainly inspiring a lot of maintenance companies to carry some type of fire suppression equipment with them whether that be a water tank or a fire extinguisher, even a bucket of sand. If you're catching a fire in, in a very early moment, a bucket of sand can extinguish it quickly. With more than 1,500 fire departments in the state, it's pretty crucial to support those battling these fires on a daily basis. I would like for people to realize that 
a large majority of fire departments in Texas are volunteer departments. So many of them have, you know, their regular day jobs and they are here on a volunteer basis. And a lot of them are supported mostly through donations and fundraisers. So reach out to your local volunteer fire department, see if there's anything that they need, like uh, waters, Gatorade, snacks. With wildland fires, we can be out there for sometimes it's just an afternoon into the evening, and sometimes we're out there for days to weeks. So resources like that can get depleted very, very quickly. And so having that support from you know, our, our local entities is, is always needed and welcome. Just keep telling yourself when you walk out the door, you're driving around, grass fire danger, grass fire danger. Just tell yourself that a couple of times a day and just be smart and pray for rain. I'm Bailey Friday at News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thanks for joining me on our new podcast, North Texas Wants to Know. If you liked the show, please give us a rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced by Chris Blake and Savannah Jones. Original music by Michael Eisenstein. Editorial support from Cooper Mall. Odyssey's managing producer for national news podcasts is Myron Kaplan.